Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
What's up, Chumbas? Welcome to uh, another episode of Tales from the Forlorn Dopes with me, Cyber Smiley, and my co-host. That would be me, uh, Wisdom 000, uh, Data Fortress 2020. Greetings, programs. Um, so before we get started, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored for hosting us on this uh, Twitch channel. Um, also, just to uh, kind of do a little self-promotion, so my site, I uh, added a new feature to the Cyberpunk, or the character generator for Cyberpunk 2020, uh, a section called Lifestyles, in which you can uh, track what kind of cash you have with your character, uh, add some housing, some utilities and other expenses that your character might need to uh, manage. So that functionality is there. Uh, definitely needs a, a few little tweaks, but again, you know, uh, my site is always a work. Man, progress. it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> I, I, it's ridiculously useful. Um, you do such good work with that kind of stuff. Uh, I, uh, I, on the other hand, after after a brief moment of panic, thinking uh, Data Fortress Twenty Twenty was not going to, I was not going to be able to afford to continue it. Uh, my fans came through not only with donations but with uh, very helpful suggestions on uh, moving on on new hosts. So, Data Fortress Twenty Twenty has a new host, although it's the same same domain, so same address and all that. And it is funded again for the next three years. Thank you so very much, everyone. Yep. Um, I can't tell you how much that means to me. And like I've said, man, your your site is definitely a treasure, and it is one of the few sites that you know kind of inspired me, like those other old school uh, I have, I have, sites. I, I so appreciate that, brother. All right, so uh, we're uh, in our second part of our evaluation of Cyberpunk Red, and uh, whether or not it is a good su- sequel to Cyberpunk 2020. So do you want to get us started? Well, um, I mean, last episode we we talked quite a bit. We got about two-thirds of the way through the book. We we ended things talking about net running. Um, We covered that pretty well. I think now we're on some trauma team action. Uh, The healing and all that. And Hmm. I gotta say, there's there's a, there's a really weird rule in the in the trauma team section, where if you get injured, no matter how injured you get, and then you make a stabilization roll, uh, it heals you to one point, and you are always one always unconscious for one minute after. 
Um, I don't know. That's like no matter what, it's just one minute. That that's just weird to me. Like I get hit, whack you upside the head with a baseball bat, and you fall down, and in one minute you'll be back up. Well, uh, I think that is you know just trying to have some simplicity um, versus like just randomly rolling. I mean, sure. randomly rolling or making some type of save every round uh, to kind yeah. of get consciousness. I mean, I I guess like the one d six. To decide 1d6 minutes uh, it really isn't all that much different um, it, it just struck me as odd um, there's also uh, the whole the idea of quick healing or quick stable whatever it takes one minute and removes all injury effects for a day that that's kind of messed up. Like, put a Band-Aid on something and you're good to go, boy. Treatment, like a full treatment, takes four hours and removes all injury effects permanently. Um, that's that's quite a quite a change from how things were handled in Cyberpunk 2020. Let me. Well, that's pretty drastic. I can see how it works and is necessary. Uh, with today's modern gamer, but yeah, I mean, I, I even feel that when you're talking about today's modern gamer, right? Is it is it the gamer of 2020? Is it the gamer of you know this century? Um, right. So uh, I think you know prior to even 2000, um, I, I would say before you know the whole role playing game crash. That happened, what, probably in late 90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, I think there was definitely a uh-huh. shift on playability, right? Because, and, and I think computer computer games definitely had an influence on tabletop games. Sure. Um, because you want to get back into the action quickly. You don't want to have a character who's laid up for, you know, weeks at a time and being out of the action um and yeah like you said i think it was a necessary to kind of do that logically real world it doesn't make sense and of course you know i mean it it it, it tracks with the rest of the rules in in red it, it does it makes sense in context with those rules and with that setting um, the changes that were made, it, it makes sense. I, I get it. I get why they went that direction. It's, um, it's a pretty drastic departure from the Cyberpunk 2020 to Cyberpunk Red. But like I said, I get it. It makes sense that that's the way that they are going to handle that um, in context with everything else. Yeah, but I, I, I think to your point of, like, the quick fix, removing injury effects for the rest of the day, like, to me, if if you get, like, a, a crit that kind of blinds you, well, how are you going to repair your eye to, uh, you know, like, lost an eye? Yeah, I mean... How are you going to really fix that's... that in, in, for a day? 
you, you broke your foot, but I'll give you this injection and you won't feel that for the rest of the day. You, I, 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 healing looked kind of strange to me. Um, but like I said, with in context with red, it, it makes sense. They want to keep things moving. They they want to keep it uh, progressing quickly. They want they don't want to bog you down with the uh, with the slow times. Really, yep. Um, it's a much more red. The rules of red make for a much more combat survivable and repeatable game. 2020 combat was like super fucking serious and super deadly uh, to the point where people who hadn't even played it like understood how deadly it was. It's like Traveler where you can die during character generation. It's obviously not that ridiculous, but it was up there in terms of system lethality. And Red, they've scaled it. It appears like they've scaled that back quite a bit. Um... Because the modern gamer, really, they really like to fight. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of the, uh, now the two levels of trauma team, silver and exact? (sighs) In Cyberpunk Red, nobody, or in Cyberpunk 2020, no character I ever ran, well, okay, I'm not going to say that. 90% 90% of the characters I ran and no character I ever played could afford Trauma Team. With the exception of one fixer who... Yeah. Um, so it's weird seeing Trauma Team now be this like affordable thing where the the AV shows up like no matter what, no matter where you are, it's just right there lickety-split. Like, if you look up in the sky, it has to be, like, black uh, from all the AV, the trauma team (laughs) AVs just cruising around waiting for something to happen. Well, I mean, the price Uh, of trauma is not that much different. I mean, for the civil level, it's 500. I think in the original rules, it was still 1,000. And to me, this game seems to be geared more towards less money that the players would have, right? I think someone has called this as a, a simulator for poverty. Yeah, the money in this game, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Uh, But I mean, the, one the, thing, uh, the difference between silver and executive is it's not much. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was running, I so, like that they gave more. Like they actually, go ahead. When I was running, like trauma team service, right? And I think this is what most of the people I played with was. You know, what Trauma Team does is they don't take you to a hospital. That costs extra. And if you don't have health insurance, you're not getting taken to a hospital. So all their job is is basically to stabilize you on scene um, unless you have, you know, health insurance, which was even pricier, right? So a lot of players never had that. And, and a lot of players actually right. tried to avoid 
trauma team altogether because it was a monthly expense they didn't want, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, in, in my games, trauma team was something the bad guys had access to. Uh, like, they were going to come in to the rescue in addition to whatever corporate security the dudes had. Um, yes. Hell, one of my characters, his favorite tactic was um, to, there was a, there's a card you can buy in Cyberpunk 2020 in, in Chromebook 1 and it's a debt card and you can get it made to look just like a trauma team card which you know when you activate it you, you just break it in half but with the debt card you break the debt card in half and it detonates so he would leave that where people would find it and then use that to take them out like he give nearly wound them and then have them call trauma team have them try and call trauma team to come get them out and then all of a sudden it blows up in their face yeah that was one of my very early characters so to get off subject of, of red like how would you handle teams that had trauma team right and, and their opponents who also had trauma team um, most of my players oh, never really could afford trauma team, so they never really had it. Um, I just keep getting this like comedy sequence stuck in my head of like trauma teams showing up for each side, and the trauma team members, of course, they've got their own trauma team cards. So just more and more trauma team until it becomes like a full out war between like people who are contracted to this guy over here and people who are contracted to this guy over here. And God forbid that accountant over there gets hit. There's a third party coming in, and none of them are working together. I man, trauma team can become a confusing mess. I imagine. Yeah. So, so what do you think about how but, they statted out the trauma teams now? Uh, I mean, I like it. I like that they actually gave it some some thought um, as to you know how how the trauma team actually is going to work and you know their equipment their their personal training um i would have liked to have seen that stuff presented in a full med tech source book for 2020 uh that was always on the back burner for me uh as a, a net source book um mark cook from uh the chrome page he has he has an incredible write-up of a trauma team av4 like with all the equipment listed out um that is a must-see page uh but i never got because i don't know anything about the medical industry personally i was always trying to find somebody who was into that who had the time and effort to really go into like a full source book with me it just never panned through sorry about the rant there we, we probably should have contacted each other uh, back in the day because you know that was one i mean one of my main characters was a med tech and, and i always saw that med techs were very underrepresented uh in all the splat books that came out um yeah i mean nothing about them at all no rules for it no supplemental material Every now and then, like, the Chromebook would, like, throw a morsel of gear, and that was about it. Yeah. Uh, techies, too, but there's uh, really not a whole lot of... Like, I can figure out what a techie does, and I can go to a garage and, like, look around and be like, oh, okay, that's probably pretty useful. A techie would probably, probably like to have that, but 
like the closest thing you're ever going to get to a trauma team is to ride along on an ambulance. Or if you've ever been in the military, uh, like take a look at the Coast Guard rescue ships or like the medevac choppers, things like that. But even then, it's really not the same. Yeah. So to go on to uh, or to continue the discussion of red, right, specifically around this. Um, let's see. So they talk about the going to hospital uh, when you check for hospital, you charged, right? So that's interesting that they for stabilization you get stabilized at the hospital, not by trauma team. Yeah, that's it. It. it... I don't know. Like, it goes back to paramedic is a skill as opposed to paramedic just being somebody who's really good at first aid, yeah. professionally good at first aid. Um, like, there shouldn't be two separate skills. And I think trauma team should be able to uh, do any of the quick stabilizations. And then if you need, like, full treatment, sure, take them to the hospital. That would be, like, a ruling I would make. Yeah, and I think a hospital stay would give you better healing. Um, It doesn't seem like in the rules that it differentiates between a hospital stay versus... Unless I'm reading them wrong. Versus just healing on your own, you know? Yeah. Well, of course, you can't heal yourself anymore. You can't, you can't, I guess you never could in Cyberpunk. Um, According to the rules, you could never perform first aid on yourself, which always seemed kind of weird to me, considering that I have performed first aid on myself plenty of times even like fairly serious wounds like i don't yeah one's ripped my stuff right open and and it seems like they took the um, it wasn't pleasant but man you can sew yourself together with some fishing string (laughs) hell any type of string yeah but it seems like they wouldn't recommend it but if you (laughs) well as long as you have some you know pretty strong alcohol around you Everything is uh, good <laughs> when dealing with phones. Um, and it seems like the body bank section was very limited compared to what was in the main book or in 2020, right? So it seems like now all organs are, are flat price, maybe. And that was the other See, thing. here's the thing. I always thought that, like, organs, like, if you get cloned parts or scavenged body parts from other people should be super like dirt cheap if, if you can find yeah. one that's compatible to you um as far as like your body won't reject it that should be dirt cheap cloned parts should be the next level up and then cybernetics um and when you're getting into body banks that's just how i've always thought it should go anyone who's listening needs to go and watch repo man that 
to me <laughs> screams cyberpunk to a T, especially when it comes to, you know, body banks. Um, oh, you I didn't think, pay this month. I, I think Repo Man? That's the wrong movie. Uh, Repo. You just want to watch Repo. Repo Man is the Emilio Estevez movie from the 80s or early was, 90s. Oh. All right, maybe. Yeah. But Repo Man is still a good movie. At least at the time it was. It was very, uh, it was a treasure back in the Yeah, it's a very good movie. I mean, anything with Forrest Whitaker in it is always going to be win. And you throw some cybernetic uh, repossession in there, man, you've got my attention 100%. But yeah, to me, when I saw that movie, I definitely saw like Body Banks being part of that. You know, you get an organ transplant or a limb transplant. Ah, there uh, we go. He capricious has corrected us both. It's it's Repo Men. Uh, Repo Man was the Emilio Estevez movie. Repo Men is the one you're talking about. Well, yeah. we're talking about. And then uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, which is <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thing too. I have yet to see that. Just because I don't like musicals. <clears throat> yeah, it uh, it got really popular with with a certain crowd um, that I used to hang out with, and I didn't really respect their opinions on anything, so I've never watched it. One of these days, I'll sit down and do so. So it's interesting how they dealt with body sculpts, right? So in the original rules, or not the original rules, Cyberpunk twenty twenty rules. Um, exotics kind of were their own thing and you had to buy specific um, cyberware and alter alterations to becoming an exotic versus this which it seems like they just put in a flat fee and you get converted automatically I mean granted there's there doesn't seem to be any benefit from becoming an exotic right so it yeah, it's it's, it's not like it's of... not like the Chrome Two Exotics where you know they give you all they basically turn you into a, a furry or whatever. But uh, it's like they're just kind of hand waving stuff. All right, you want to look like an orc? You look like an orc. That's that's it. You don't get any. There's no there's no real rules. I imagine that's something that's going to come through in some kind of Chromebook or something in in the future. Yep. Uh, um. So I saw a question from um, Leaded Coffee. Could you use an air hypo fill with the appropriate drug? Is that associated with first? Aid? I would imagine that's how they're doing it um, as part of the first aid <laughs> process. So uh, I got a tail. So um, I was at a so because of the whole uh corona not corona covid uh situation <laughs> um i actually did a, a virtual uh con in which someone ran cyberpunk uh 2020 or not cyberpunk red and i got to play some a x bozo with an air hypo and let me tell you um 
According to the GM, basically I had to describe what kind of cocktail I would put in the hypos to kill people. And <clears throat> it was very interesting in my description. <laughs> but that yeah. can go some weird places. It can. And it did. <laughs> that whole game went weird places. That's awesome. So if anyone um, ever gets a chance to go to uh, Totalcom in Massachusetts, um, and, and again, I don't know if Mike will ever go there again, but he has been there in the past, and Mike Plunsmith does run cyberpunk events at Totalcon, which luckily I was able to attend. So, um, and it's an interesting convention to go to. Sorry, off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I've done that like three times today, so I've, have I've you ever game with Mike? About it. Uh, or ever I've never met him? Mike at all. Uh, the closest I've I've done I've had some emails in, uh, with Mike, um, uh, and some emails with Lisa. Uh, I spoke with him once very briefly in like a Yahoo chat or like a Yahoo forum. I forget what those were called. They don't exist anymore, but. Uh, um, that used to be the where Artal Sorin would throw out any announcements they had was through their uh, their Yahoo. wasn't really a forum. I don't remember what you call that. But anyway, uh, that's about the extent. Um, one of my one of my online players and a longtime friend, uh, Joe Clack, Citizen X on the. Um, Joe Clemens, Citizen X on the uh, View from the Edge forums. He went to Gen Con and he had he picked up the uh, the Kickstarter box for me. He had Mike sign that for me. That's nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I have um, I had Mike uh, autograph a 2020 book, a very beaten up copy of it. Um, so yeah, if I could have him, if I could take something for him to autograph, that that'd be what it'd be for me. Is I've still got the very first 2020 book I ever bought, the original edition with the old art and all that, and have him sign that. Right. Um, and I think Wisdom's going to agree with me on this uh, leaded coffee. So he he mentions a comment about the air hypo, which is rules as written mentions characters that aren't med techs cannot administer pharmaceuticals correctly. Seems odd since you can self-administer drugs today. You need to. I was just administering <laughs> insulin to myself like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> so when you get into any rules, right? Do not always go by raw, right? Um, as a GM, you need to take the liberty to go against the rules. One thing, if you do go against Agreed. rules, you need to be consistent around what you go against, what you change, so that way players in the future and any players you deal with, like as you grow as a GM, as you grow as a player, all of it is consistent throughout. Right, so the expectation is, this is how we're going to rule it. Um, 
and you know, <clears throat> I often see that question about you know rules as written, how you deal with players around that. In my opinion, and I've had players throughout say, "Hey, the reason why I'm asking this question is because I want to be consistent, right?" I don't want you to change your mind, and I don't want, you know, it to change. So, if you do rule a certain way, if you're very forgetful, write it down. Write it, it down. Put it yeah, in a document. I agree with you. Put it in like one hundred percent. Although, I will add to that: do not be afraid that once you've made a homebrew rule, to keep tweaking that. With your players, with with, like, don't just spring a surprise. Don't don't set down something as precedent and then change it without letting them know. But yeah, once you set down a home rule, don't be afraid to tweak it until it becomes exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, because because um, oftentimes the first time you do that, it'll just be like whatever to get the story along, um, and then later you'll have a chance to go back and. And Get it to where it needs to be. If you actually go to my site, I have a, a section called Mod Rules, right? In which I've modified various rules <clears throat> to try to expand play. And trust me, Wisdom has a complete document <laughs> around uh, modifying all the rules um, for, for Cyberpunk 2020, right? But yeah, when you do modify... Unlimited, that is the entirety of that document. <laughs> And all its supplements. But when you modify rules, I've always had a player who will critique it, right? From a power gamer point of view, as well as, you know, as just a regular player and give me his observations around this. Like, oh, this is how you can break the system with this particular homebrew rule. <clears throat> And I'm sorry if we're going off on a tangent off of red, but, um, and that's, <laughs> that is a player you always want to have in your game to so somebody who, who you can always bounce ideas off of, of how can we improve gameplay? Um, there's, and again, the majority of players that you've encountered are probably going to accept it, abuse it and not give you feedback, but there's also players who's going to sit there and argue with you about the implications of any rule you you apply and again that goes with red right so you know i i think our discussion together with 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 wisdom here um about what rules we like what rules we don't you know we're, we're always bouncing off ideas of Yes, yes, this system has its flaws and it has its benefits. Um, and how can you make that a good game for your players? And it's very hard to say, you know, um, hey, it work if it works at your table, because you don't. Some players, you know, especially players who don't who are first coming into the system they might not know what works for their table, right? Um, to me, a lot of new players uh, will prefer 
to break the rules and make their characters godlike and 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 be able to do yeah. whatever they want you know um it's good to have a player who who knows how to like abuse the rules and there's it's super frustrating when it, it, to have them in your actual game but when you're trying to create a any kind of new rule or system those are the guys you want to get feedback from because they'll 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 show you how they broke your stuff you know yeah they'll lead you step by step through the process of breaking your toys um capricious i just uh the Chromebook, like you say, if the Chromebook hasn't released and ha or they release hasn't expanded drugs, uh, the thing you're working on, that's cool. Uh, the Interlock uh, Drug Lab Unlimited is actually um, Ocelot's uh, drug lab from Mockery's site. Uh, just to throw that out there. Um, I worked with him. Uh, to do that but all i did was convert it over to interlock unlimited he i think somebody else actually even did that i i have to look at it to remember yeah mockery uh, yeah it's originally ocelots and i think mockery combines cyberpunk 2021s with um not atlas who's the other one Ionis. Ionis. The Dark who, Metropolis. Who, so, Ionis turned into... Uh, what's that other company? It's a new company. DreamPod 9? DreamPod 9. There you go. Is that wow, who they turned man. into? Yes. <laughs> you are the fountain of knowledge, my friend. Yeah, so... <laughs> just, Pod, in the, just about this game. So, DreamPod 9, right, who... who well, I don't know if Dream, if Ionis turned into Dream Pond Dine, but um, they basically took their property and started pushing it out onto drive through RPG. But if you're looking for good drug rules, I want to say it's either Dark Metropolis or Grimm's Cyber Tales. One of those, both of them, you definitely should have in your library. Um, because both of them have. I want to say it was Dark Metropolis. I think so too. Yeah, but, of the Ionis stuff, they were they were tip top because they were the easiest to remove the super, supernatural elements from, yep. and they were the most useful in terms of looking at cyberpunk through a different lens. Yes. And filling out some of that gritty like drugs and cyberpunk twenty twenty, the drugs took. They were just this evil thing that your character never ever wanted to mess with because they were so bloody expensive and so addictive. Um, from what I understand, that's Mike's personal decree because he is so very anti-drug that he just wanted the like even beer is like smash is like super addictive and way more expensive than beer in real life is. I, mean, I, I think Mike is. His changes uh, view on uh, alcohol because I know he's a big Guinness fan. Um, but yeah, so yeah. speaking of drugs, right, which ties into the well, whole red, right? So, so the drugs of red have actually changed dramatically uh, compared, to, compared to Cyberpunk 2020. 
Um, I like. They are much more. What they've changed. Uh, they're much more improved. Yes. Um, both in terms of effect and their place in the game. However, they're still ridiculously expensive. Really? Not as bad as they were. Yeah, I mean... Smash. Cost per dose. Me... So, to me, a dose is a can of beer. 10 EB. Yeah. Mm, can, I can you imagine paying 10 EB for a single can of beer? I mean, uh, that's that's expensive. I, I've gone to plenty of microbrew in which I have spent quite a bit of money on a pint, even less than a pint of uh, ale or whatever. Sure, and if it, if we if you start adding quality and brand and all that, then yeah, I could see things getting up to that point. But I mean, Smash, we're talking Budweiser or well, Coors compared to like. 2020 in which it was what 100 eb yeah no it's much better like i said it's much better in 2020 the i would my rule for drugs my uh in cyberpunk 2020 my 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 one of the very first rules i ever homebrewed was drug cost slash like remove two decimal points from all the drugs so if it says a hundred, that shit's a dollar. If it says a thousand per dose, that's yeah, a hundred per dose. I could I could see that's still ridiculously expensive. Like that's more expensive than most of my players could ever afford to like as a drug, like to get addicted to. Um, with with red, it's still expensive, but you only have to. I don't know. You can either cut it in half or again remove one. Zero, yeah, and the removing of one zero is probably too much. Yeah. Uh, blue go like something like blue glass being two dollars a dose. It makes sense in today's drug market that your basic a, a hit of acid would be comparable. Um, but with the red economy, I could I could see like ten dollars for a single hit of acid i i could see that um well, I, I i think with red right it is <clears throat> and again we haven't really gotten to the fluff of red but to me red is and again i i, I we'll, we'll discuss a little more in, in the whole whole fluff section but i can see sure. from a commodity point of view is you know, this is definitely going to be rare. So, of course, market prices, you're always going to boost it. Um, now, granted, I think with red, the legality of certain drugs really doesn't matter anymore because as long as you're not in a corporate held area, you know, these prices to me stand. If you get into certain more restricted areas the price is probably going to go up right because they're going to make um, sure I mean, I mean here's the thing I don't, I don't know how many I don't know how much drug use you partake in yourself I don't know how many junkies you might know in real life and all that but too many like a, a drug especially one that yeah I mean same here too many um 
but drugs have to, especially if they're addictive, have to be at some level affordable. Junkies, even if they have to rob and steal to get the money for their fix, they it, it, it can't be something that they've got to spend three days doing because if they spend three days trying to get enough money for one hit, they're going to detox in that time. Then they're, it's just not how drugs work. I hate to, I hate that I have, um, knowledge about this personal, uh, this specific subject. Um, I mean, I have, I have partaken in my fair share of mostly natural narcotics. Um, the idea that one hit of anything is instantly addictive, even if they even if they tweak it so that that is like one of the desired side effects. <sighs> Again, that's just not how drugs work. Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, like you said, Mike Mike was very anti-drugs, um, and kind of based off yeah. the rules. And, and I've seen that comment not only from you, but. From a lot of people. Uh, yeah, so, he very much did not want drugs to be like a source of entertainment for right. the game, especially if children were going to be playing. And I can I can see that. Yeah. Um, but I think with these new rules but, on, uh, on even a DV of 17 or a DV of 15, you know, I, I like that they yeah, put in yeah. the, the option or how they structure the addiction right again some of those values are probably yeah it's all inflated uh but i like how they did that however the one thing i didn't like about the drug section was compared to cyber and again this is this is similar to uh the nut running area in which programming they gave rules on specifically how to create these things right um how to create a program here you know a a strength is going to give you this difficulty number right um the ability you're trying to do or the type of program you're creating is this difficulty number and build off of that the one thing that really lacks and i've been told on various forums that well, the techie does it. Well, no, the techie really doesn't do that. The techie is about gadgets. You know, when it comes to programming, it should be a netrunner. When it comes to pharmaceuticals, it should be a med tech. The rules... I disagree. I actually think it should be a techie. Um, it's chemistry. But as a... They're not applying the drugs. They're just, they're just manufacturing them. That's that, to me. That's a techie role. But don't you think a med tech who has pharmaceuticals who should have chemistry? You know, I mean, that was the, um, that was the only weird rule within uh, Cyberpunk twenty twenty, or or sorry, the only. I mean, I could see the argument for a med tech having pharmaceuticals, but in general, like. A pharmacist is not a doctor. Um, a 
a chemist is not generally a doctor. They may cross train. You might meet chemists who are also doctors, but in general, the the chemist is just some dude. The dude who makes meth is definitely not the guy you want setting your broken leg. That's you want to keep that far away from each other. <laughs> like, you don't want to do the meth in the first place, but Jesus Christ, don't go to that like three tooth dude to, like for any kind of medical care whatsoever. Right, but if you have the skill, right, and, and that's basically what drugs is, right? Um, I'm sorry, I'm replying. To the use of actual drugs, the pharmaceuticals skill would that would be useful to both of them. Medtechs would know how to make it, or our techs would know how to make it, and medtechs would know, you know how to distribute it to the people who need it like it'll work on these symptoms blah 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 well and working together is i i would think that would be the best way to create them yeah i suppose but again the one thing i didn't like was the absence of rules on how to create custom drugs um which kind of was implemented in 2020 you know of hey here's the strength of the drug the various benefits uh drawbacks um oh uh let me interrupt you really quick deadwalk uh datafortress2020.com from my website um and uh give your website uh cybersmiley.net There you go. Because we can't post that. And then Capricious comes in with the (laughs) much simpler. Even (laughs) Cyberspider can't post. Shut up, man. Yeah, so so again with I think the street um, drugs that they put, you know, and, and that was the one thing that you know, you you're looking at Cyberpunk 2020 versus Cyberpunk Red and some of the critiques I have is that there was things in Cyberpunk 2020 that they had that didn't carry over to Red. One was the program creation, right? in which you yeah. could specifically create certain programs. Drugs is another thing. And again, I know, well, it's covered in techie, right? Techie should be able to create the drugs, but there's no specific rules on how to how you decide on a difficulty value of what you're trying to create. Yeah. You Once know? again, it sure would have been nice to have a med tech and a techie splat book. Um, I mean, I, th- I definitely think the, the street drugs have improved. So let's move on. Now, yeah, we got we got plenty we, with, with ocelots, especially. We had several rules, uh, homebrew rule systems on various sites to deal with the creation of drugs. Um, the problem was with the 2020 Netrunner, nobody wanted to mess with that at all, really. Um, so 
program creation just kind of took a backseat to stuff that was really hand-waved in the first place for most players. Yep. Um, but yeah, moving along. Um, well, I mean, if that's the end of the medical tables. Well, I think we have um, uh, cyberpsychosis. Yeah, yeah. There's not a... I I think I said it last episode, but I'm going to repeat it this episode. I love that they finally... I feel validated that they now agree with me that certain things should not affect your humanity. Uh... Replacing a lost limb or a, or a malfunctioning organ shouldn't have any effect on your humanity whatsoever. Whereas giving yourself a tail or an extra arm or lizard skin or whatever, yeah, absolutely full price. Replacing something, replacing a full functioning arm, yeah, you're going to get hit with all that humanity loss. Yeah. I like that therapy rules are now part of the core book. Um, in 2020, they were not. And they didn't come around until Chrome 3, Chrome 4. Yes. They were a late in the day edition. And, and they weren't very uh, specific, right? So it seemed like, like with these new rules, right? They give you a bare minimum, right? You can't go below a two of cost. If it was above the two, yeah. Versus the other rules, which was, um, which was like fifty percent flat, fifty percent of whatever. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I I really like that they're, and, and again, I think with red, they really. Well, I mean, there were several different kinds of therapy you could get in 2020. That's true, too. And that added to the confusion. It did. Because <laughs> uh, I've had to go, go through this with my group currently. Like, okay, what happens if I get therapy? Well, you can, you know, rip out all your cyberware. How does that work? Um, Facebook, and again, you know, the, the Chromebook really didn't address ripping out all your cyberware and trying to get back humanity. Whereas the Facebook did, but the Facebook never really gave you costs on therapy. Um, yeah, it, it's. I very much like Red's therapy. I, I I very much like it to the point that I might like change, uh, like use it for my Cyberpunk twenty twenty games. Yep, and that's one thing I think. Red kind of did was really delve into some of these aspects of 2020 that really needed a little more clarity. You know? Yeah, they, uh, they, they, the, the, the cyber psychosis section is one of the bright, bright spots of Cyberpunk Red. So they, they really took a deeper look at it. Uh,
I, I've always been a fan of, you know, the whole you turn into a raging lunatic aspect of cyberpunk. Uh, cyberpsychosis, I, I just personally dig that. I like the idea of a bus driver who, you know, just keeps getting these little bitty cybernetics suddenly going apeshit and going berserk on the fucking streets. Uh, I like that. Yep. Um, but I also like the idea of it affecting people in other ways. And they, like I said, they just really took a really in-depth look at cyberpsychosis and trauma itself, like mental, uh, mental trauma. Yeah, and that's the one thing I like. Um, they about really Red. looked at it from both a physical and a mental. Yeah, that they added that mental it, it, trauma. It's, I, I gotta say that their cyberpsychosis may be my favorite updated to Red section of the book. See. While reviewing um, those rules, I'm wondering if they actually like you know looked at um, Iannis slash DreamPod Nine's uh, books on how how they approached uh, humanity, right? So so, and again, I'm not promoting. Us I would like to think they looked at my site, but that's just me being me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it had much more to do with uh, Dark Metropolis and yeah. all that. So, um, not necessarily we're we're paid advertisers of these books, but they're definitely books that helped us, or at least inspired us as GMs back in the day. Um, just yeah. to see. I mean, don't get me. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, just to see how those rules really expand cyberpsychosis and they also got into like stress and how the world can like really affect your humanity um so so those rules were very interesting on how to create you know a, a very mental health <laughs> type of system on your characters which I loved about that game or, or those additional rules. It's just, you know, a lot of my players didn't like it because it seems, you know, oh, I have to uh, <clears throat> add more, right, to my bookkeeping. But yeah. I just loved how um, they approached the whole cyberpsychosis, stress, and, and the, the degradation of humanity they were definitely going for a much darker feel now they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that darker feel with some of the worst gaming art I, i've ever seen i mean most of it was really atrocious no offense to the artists i just it, it wasn't my bag i did not enjoy looking at it um plus under no circumstances would i ever allow anything supernatural super heroic uh, of any, yeah, I would never allow that in my game. No psychics, no, no nothing. I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that. They're all like, well, whatever. Mixed genres is awesome. I'm just not that guy. Yeah, but the uh, books yeah. themselves. Most of those Ionis books had really great ideas. Yeah, so to me, those adventures were definitely steeped into the whole supernatural thing. But like Dark Metropolis, uh, Grimm's um, Cyber Tales, 
those to me were they kind of borderlined into the whole uh, supernatural but they had a lot of juicy real you know meaty stuff um, whether it came yeah. to the cyber psychosis the drug rules they even got into like um, even the drug addicts right or, or the brain dance people um, and again I'm not trying to promote those books but it's definitely one of those things that you want to put in your arsenal um, yeah and because they were off brand most of them can still be found fairly cheap on eBay and whatnot. yeah well not only eBay but drive through RPG has all of most of them at least the grim uh, grim cyber tales and the uh, dark metropolis Uh, so I think that covers most of the rules except for the night markets. You get mostly into the fluff. I mean, the night markets just seem to grab all the tables from the previous sections and just reprint them for the most part. Yeah, but the whole concept... Uh, of... I like the idea of the night markets. Um, I just... It seems weird that it really like it likes to present that as being the only way to shop for stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's so. I, I think once we're starting to get into this, we're getting into the fluff, right? Um, yeah, yeah, no we are now fully in fluff territory. Yeah. So, from from a fluff point of view, right of very limited access to resources uh, <laughs> it definitely is a cyberpunk concept um, but how it's done is basically 20 year 20-ish years after the fourth corporate war right after the nuke that hit um, some of the stuff I disagree with because if you look through history of what happened to like uh, Hiroshima and oh Christ, I forgot the name Naga, Nagasaki Nagasaki right <laughs> so people were oh. living there a year after the bombs dropped right and those bombs weren't as big as the tower bombs <clears throat> so no, those those bombs were bigger actually than the tower bomb. The tower bomb right. in Arasaka was like a little suitcase thing that um, they made it to. Okay, we're gonna have to talk about the nuke because that leads into the whole time of the red thing. This was. So I, I understand plus. in the books that there's a lot of other stuff going along, like a lot of other stuff that went into the the, the effects of the time of the red. Air quotation marks, but the idea of the bomb that they described, both in Firestorm and in Red and in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, the bomb that they describe is this little bitty thing. Uh, but the effects of it are like full blown, like nuclear Reactor. Armageddon type effects, where the worldwide sky turned red for years and like. 
we've dropped bombs before. Like, there have been nuclear detonations. Many, many of them. And they, none of them have done this. So... I I think it's... There's a lot of stuff that's going on with Cyberpunk Red's fluff (laughs) that... I, I just look at kind of weird. I think it's the fantasy of nuclear de- detonation, right? Um, so, like yeah. Chernobyl, right? Let's let's talk about Chernobyl. So Chernobyl is still a very hot zone, and apparently it's gotten hotter because of something. And I, I really didn't dig into the article. Um, However, if I mean Fukushima is still a mess, Fukushima is still a mess. They yeah. still have hot zones there, um, but like even but so, that, the, those are different. Those are those aren't ex, those aren't nuclear explosions. Those the, are reactor the, meltdowns, right? But um, but I think the cons in a, and I don't know if it's something from like Akira, on like you know how Akira they had the explosion so many decades previously uh that well i mean there is akira took place in 2019 so well when did the nuclear bomb happen in akira 1994 i think i don't know it's been a while since I paid that much attention to it. Uh, so, so, but it in, wasn't that long. It certainly wasn't the distance in time between Red and 2020, right? Or 2025. And to me, I think that's the whole. And, and even in Cyberpunk 2020, you know, you had the nuclear New York City that was bombed in 1999, and it's still a hot zone to 2020. Right, it's still not livable. You know, but even then, it's just Manhattan, and it's not even all of Manhattan that they describe. Right. Uh, but yeah, Manhattan gets fucked up, but the rest of New York is fine. So, um, uh, and the reason Manhattan gets so messed up is because it's literally built on, a, like, Manhattan is literally an artificial island uh, to the point that they have to run, like, their sewers and subways have to run water pumps constantly. Or they all flood. So Capricious um, says that their Arasaka had a nuclear reactor that melted down. Okay, maybe. <laughs> that is, yeah. If that happens, that would make the areas directly around it hot, but it's not going to turn the sky red. Yeah. Um, multiple nuclear bombs could probably do that, right? In multiple areas. And again, I think, you know, with the firestorm... No, not even that. We've done that. Like, we've we've had multiple nuclear detonations go off. Uh, we tested that shit for years, decades, and none of it turned the sky red. Let's give them some... Uh... It made certain areas fairly uninhabitable for quite a while. Yeah, like, but let's... The Marshall Islands, nobody's living there anymore. But again, let's, let's give them the fantasy, right? Um... Sure. I get it. They want to create a gritty environment. It just Right. So so And I'm I'm being really nitpicky about something that's really unimportant. Uh yeah. they wanted the environment to be this, so they gave us this reason. And that works. I mean I do the same thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I, I come up with some goofy reasons for why things happen in my games. Right. So 
think about like what the four, fourth corporate war really did to the world. Um, and again, according to our Talsorian, it destroyed shipping lines. And that is one thing that I'm currently playing out within my, my Cyberpunk 2020 game is there in January of 2022, right? So the Shadow War is about to start and how it evolves to the whole global war that turns Aristaka and Militech against each other. Um, in my game, I just ignored it completely. Like, there was no fourth corporate war in my game. I am playing right into it on how how it's going to change the world right to become red um what does it mean right so <clears throat> currently in my in my game and i don't want to give any spoilers out right is i'm following the history of the the whole war and trying to play into that like to me arasaka is taking over night city at this point and sure. getting rid of Militech, right? So in 2022, early 2022, Arasaka is basically eliminating Militech out of the pack rim, right? And getting them out. Um, there's big wars happening in, in South Am around Arasaka-controlled governments and Militech trying to deal with them. And I think... <clears throat> with the whole red concept of okay when the big the big boys start playing the little boys are going to start doing tit for tat as well so i can definitely see the yeah they're minor... going to come out like scavengers and pick up the pieces well not only pick up the pieces but hey we're going to maybe give intel to Arasaka to blow up this facility of my enemy, right? That supposedly oh, yeah. Militech has influence in. So that whole not only the, the, the two big boys playing against each other but the other corporations manipulating those <laughs> those big boys to fight to basically destroy their own adversaries right so the smaller the smaller corporations whether it be info um infotech uh ebm iec uh you know all the various cybernetic corporations trying to vie for dominance however Again, like today's corporations, they're very narrow-sighted, right? So they're like, hey, you get rid of my enemy, I'm good. They don't understand the repercussions of what that means, A, to the economy, B, yeah, to the environment. Yeah, it's all like immediate, yeah. immediate result. And I wanted to clarify, um, I, I don't have anything against Storm, the Stormfront books. I thought they were very well written. They just took the game in a different... In a different direction than I wanted my personal game to go. So I've, while I've included the tech and and like some of the events from it, for the most part, yeah, there was no fourth corporate war in my game. But that was 
just because I've spent so much time on my own game world, and that's just what I've run since the beginning. Yeah, and I, I remember, I forget who who it was. It might have been, it was some YouTubers, whether it was uh, Mr. Welsh, who, by the way, if you don't know who Mr. Welsh is, check him out on YouTube. It has great cyberpunk uh rundown of every single supplement of cyberpunk um go check him out uh, guy. yeah he also does a lot of D&D Mystaria but you know if that's your cup of tea by all means listen to his stuff um <clears throat> but I believe in one interview with him he was like you know don't destroy the meta world right and I think that's what Altarsurian did when they came with the fourth, fourth corporate world, right? Is they destroyed the world as it were. Um, yeah. And again, I don't know at that time. I mean, that's ultimately why V3 didn't work is it was, it was such a departure. Like V3, if they'd named it, if they hadn't named it in Cyberpunk, uh, V3 probably would have been a very successful game. Uh, that in the art um but there were a lot of great ideas they just weren't cyberpunk ideas and they certainly weren't the the follow-up to 2020 that anybody was really looking for um and they toned back a lot of the the wackiness uh with red uh, um and made it much more of a straightforward like it makes sense like given the events of Cyberpunk 2020 that the world could end up in this place. Like, red makes sense. I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Uh, I had thought... I had thought for sure that... I don't know why I thought this. Maybe it was... I, I don't know. I had thought for sure that the paper virus from V3 was going to be part of the red timeline. And it wasn't. Like, it wasn't talked about at all. Uh... I think maybe I might have gotten it confused with the Carbon Plague, um, which was briefly mentioned, uh, but with no real consequence. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised that that, that didn't make it into red. Yeah. I, I really did not like that idea. Yeah, and to me, the whole destruction um, of the whole infrastructure of the world, right? To me, Carbon Plague <laughs> would spread like wildfire you know yeah. um, if you destroy communication infrastructure especially with resupplying areas any plague any disease is going to run rampant um, and, and it's going to severely impact everything uh, again with the fourth corporate war it was it was definitely a world war that affected all of America, all of, I would say, South America, uh, Asia. Definitely the majority of Asia has been impacted in, in Europe. Um, from red, kind of red, or Africa kind of was isolated, right? And became kind of that conduit into uh, space. And that's another thing that I'm going to kind of play with is is how how the high riders took over space 
And again, there's always this weird retcon of what Deep Space did and what Red is doing. Yeah. Um, with space. What's weird is, if I recall correctly, Deep Space takes place in 2027, which is supposedly after the Fourth Corporate War. But yeah. I don't know. The timeline, the timeline surrounding Deep Space gets kind of weird. Right. But it's still a fantastic book. Definitely is. Um, um, and if you want inspiration for Deep Space and, and Space, definitely go see The Expanse. Watch The Expanse! <laughs> Remove the whole alien element, because to me, yep. Cyberpunk is Faster than light travel. Yeah. Just, uh, but the, like the spacer culture in that in that show is just spot on. Yeah. Uh, the Expanse, and there's an old movie called Outland starring Sean Connery. I love that. It's movie. a really good look at spacer culture too. It's, it's fantastic. The movie is a little dated. It's it's yeah, uh, visually, but it's ridiculously underrated. Yes, especially for yeah. for what it was. It was. It was basically a colony, I think, in on one of the Jupiter moons, uh, in which there was. A uh, yeah, ride. it was. It was someplace way out there. They're on a. Uh, it's a. It's a mining station that they've built up on a on a asteroid, basically, or yep. one of the moons. Yeah, no, it was an asteroid. And um, it is definitely cyberpunk to a T. So anyone? Yeah, who... like it, 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 it. The artificial gravity in the movie is kind of nonsense, but uh, it's what to be. It's to be expected. You're never gonna see a show with like realistic artificial gravity uh, on any kind of real scale. Like the closest you're gonna get really is deep, uh, deep horizon or event horizon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're getting off topic. <laughs> um, yeah. back to the fluff. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Cyberpunk is always like Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Like the core books, the core fluff has always had this notion that somehow the corporations are more powerful than the U.S. military, and I just I can't buy into that. I've never been able to buy into it. Maybe in the time of Red, I could buy into it when the United States has been so fractured for so very long. Um, that that would kind of make sense. Uh, it didn't make sense to me at all in 2020. Like the military's not going anywhere. They're, we spend so much money on them that yeah, the corporate. No, there's not a corporation in the world that's going to outgun the U.S. military. Well, um, according to the fluff in, of in Red, that makes sense. According to the fluff of 2020, you know, the the American military is still stronger than any corporation, right? And that's and they basically yeah. nationalized Militech. So it, it, it's very yeah. weird <laughs> when it comes to the logic of it, you know, and how to make. Sense I mean, I get that they want to make corporations and whatnot like the super big, bad, powerful thing because like the base the like boil away all the all the uh, all the extras for most cyberpunk 
media and it's almost always going to come down to like individuals against the corporations yeah uh as opposed to individuals against the government that's just the type of vibe they want to throw out um so the one thing i think about but yeah it's in red i can see it actually happen so the thing with the red fluff right um i could see you enjoying the prominence of the nomad being kind of the transporter uh lifeline of all the cities within the world i'm torn on the way nomads are presented because obviously nomads are my favorite character class like i love nomads i'm running a nomad based game right now uh, that is definitely getting turned into basically a, an adventure slash source book uh, the idea that they're the ones who handle all the shipping though at that point they're no longer really nomads at that point they're just a shipping business uh, at that point they're going to have all the contracts in place and like salaries and, and stuff like that they're not really what we think of as nomads from a 2020 perspective they're a, kind of a different creature altogether which is also I guess why family is no longer represented in like you know you can go to your nomad pack and have them do this stuff for you or look to them for help uh, now it's pretty much just about what vehicle you can drive because the entirety of nomad culture is now shipping and and moving stuff from one place to the next um so it's it's a different creature it's 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 less mad max and more convoy i guess uh so i'm kind of torn on that um it's got some great ideas uh But it's one of those things that it takes me a minute to really wrap my head around. Right. I mean, I, I like how it's like going to a going to the ice cream shop and wanting chocolate, and they give you butterscotch, which I love me some butterscotch. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's not chocolate. Right. I, I like how, at least from a twenty twenty to twenty forty five to twenty seventy seven how the the story of the nomad evolved right so it went from hey these are these guys who live on the fringe of society 2020 or 2045 they became in a very essential and very needed group and then in 2077 they became this outcast of of a society of yeah hey, they're, all, all you they're guys back are just to living on the fringe yeah um, so I like that I, story arc. I mean, it went full circle. Um, the the twenty seventy seven nomads are much closer to the twenty twenty nomads than the twenty forty five nomads. Yep. <clears throat> so, what do you think about the um, whole thing with the corporations and how they, in red, kind of split up? Not necessarily just. Some corporations split up, some corporations were destroyed, some corporations were absorbed, and then the whole concept of... There were changes. Um, I don't... 
Arasaka being the token bad guy to me has never really sat well, especially in terms of the fourth corporate war. The nuke was all Militech's fault, and the players were terrorists. Um, that does not sit well with me. The fact that every freaking news story out there calls Johnny Silverhand a terrorist in 2077, and everybody refers to him as a terrorist, they're correct. He was a deep set off a nuke in the middle of a populated area like there's nothing cool about that i don't get why arasaka gets blamed for it other than well i mean u.s propaganda and militech being a u.s company they're gonna prop that up with nationalism and militech has always been the worst of the two for me as far as you know which one i would trust um Biotechnica. They're playing Biotechnica out to be a good guy in red, like a, a fairly benevolent corporation. Um, they came in and, I guess, saved the world with their with their food. In, in my games, Biotechnica is the most evil corporation in my game, like by far. They are Monsanto crossed with like Dole Fruit and Nestle. Um, they're just evil. Uh, sure, they do stuff that feeds the world, but that it comes at a pretty steep cost. Um, so, what do you think of Biotechnica um, introducing the whole new genetic animals into the wild? I mean, that sounded interesting, but it also sounded a little fantasy edge, right? Um, yeah. Everybody wants their anime kitties. I, I I get it. I like anime anime kitties too. I don't know that I'd make them wild animals in cyberpunk, but I get it. I I, I get to. I mean, that's always been an aspect that's been kind of present in in Artalsorian's work. I mean, heck, their first published system was Teenagers from Outer Space, which was completely based on you know the yeah actually the was um, thinking about anime of the, of the time. So for a red cam- campaign um, slash quick game, I was thinking of doing a hunting exposition against a biotechnic nice. uh, genetically engineered animal, right? Kind of like what they well, do. Well, I mean, Cyberpunk itself is... So, uh, yeah, no, I, I get you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No worries. But like how they have in some of our... Uh, United States, especially in the South, reserves of exotic animals, and you get to go hunt them. <laughs> yeah. Um, if if having an animal in the cage that you can walk up to and shoot is called hunting, I mean, we're being real selective with our with our definitions of words now. But turning that bad right with a biotechnica mm-hmm. engineered monstrosity. I don't know. There's any way to turn that good, but yeah. yeah. No, it is definitely the logical extension of that. Well, to turn Uh, it good um, is to turn that animal into something that, yeah, okay, your bullets hit it, and guess what? Its SP is a 15. To turn it good (laughs) is to feed the hunters to the animals. That's how you turn that good. Again. And that is not to say I have any problem with legitimate hunting. Like, if you want to go out in the wild and, and find a deer to feed your family, I'm okay with that. Sport hunting, I'm not okay with. And I'm definitely not okay with uh, 
<laughs> with that kind of reserve hunting. Yeah. Like, just, no. And I agree with you. Um, However, to turn it good is to turn that Biotechnica animal into something that has, you know, an SP of 15 for its hide. And you're given, you know, 9 millimeters to go and hunt it. And it's been, you know, <laughs> genetically to have razor sharp or extraordinary nano razor sharp claws that almost turns it into a monofilament claws that basically you're no longer the hunter, but you are the huntee, you know. All right. Uh, I spoke about our Talsorian's love of inserting anime references into stuff. Uh, there was one of the background characters on page 307 Kenshiro Seba I love that that is a uh, reference to both Fist of the North Star and City Hunter uh, so that that made me chuckle um, there's a new corporation one of the new corporations the one run by uh, Arasaka's granddaughter it's it's called Danger Girl, and my first yeah. thought was how very wild storm. Um, yeah, I love references like that. I I, I, I do. Um, that is, in fact, like the Kinshiro Seba guy. That is, in fact, how I name half of my of my NPCs and my personal player characters. Is all like take the names of two people that I two fictional characters that I really dig and mix them together like that. So, thumbs up. Uh, the idea of no, uh, speaking of nomads, sorry, I should have brought this up earlier, but nomads are running orbital flights, and the idea of nomads in space just <laughs> again, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. It's a oh. neat idea, and I guess they're high riders, aren't they? With the setting, but it's. You know, sure. They're sure. They definitely have them. I mean, I currently have. They're beltaloras. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, so there definitely exists. It, I mean, even in deep space, they talk about them. Right? Is, is these group of people who find a lab or other space facility that they kind of take over. Um, uh, no, I get it. Like with in the red, like I said, in in contact in context with what they've done with red, it makes sense. It just it takes me a minute to get my brain to wrap around that idea of my my personal mental image of what a nomad is, and have it coincide with what the red idea of what a nomad is. Right. It's yeah. It's just personal adjustment, basically. Um. Man, I, I dig. I like the vendors and the focus on bodegas and the night market. I, I like that. It was a they, but they dedicate a whole lot of space to it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I really, really like. I liked the section on housing. Um, that always like personal player housing always seemed to be kind of a 
an obstacle for players um, and GMs in how it how it works, what they can afford, uh, where it sits, and all that. Like you had to throw some out of game knowledge at that. Um, and if for a bunch of teenagers who've never never bought a house, weren't part of their parents' process in buying a house, and didn't pay any attention, uh, like me. It, it would come in. It would have come in really handy when I was first running. Yep. Um. So the hustle section. Yeah. Go the ahead. Hustle. Go ahead. Now let, let's get into the hustle section. I don't. I don't mind getting into that. I. I love the hustle section. Uh. With the with the cyber psychosis rules, the hustle section may be my favorite part of the book. Um, the idea that they're giving us rules that allow for our character to make money on their downtime is fantastic. Yep. Um, I, I I think it's fantastic for if you're doing you know forward in time, right? Of hey. And for some reason, I, I don't know if it's just me, but most of the groups, whether it's, you know, D&D, Cyberpunk, whatever, the, the campaigns I usually do or the adventures we usually do, there is no downtime in between the last adventure to the next adventure. So... I've never had to need those rules, but I definitely like them in red, that you have that ability to do so. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Cyberpunk 2020, I, I've needed those rules on many occasions, especially when characters, you know, one character's down, uh, you don't want to forward the game too much if they can't take part in it, so a little bit of time passing, you know, it, it helps, and I don't know. Um, healing, laying low, just uh, taking a vacation, whatever. Downtime is downtime, and it, it it has its place in games. And the fact that there are rules that supplement downtime to where it's not just a, a time sink, like just we're just gonna skip over ahead and nothing happens. Like you spend two weeks with your thumb up your butt or whatever. Um, I like that there are rules for it. Yeah. I and with a lot of it, it's stuff that could be going on in the background, even while like it doesn't necessarily have to be downtime stuff. Like your character could be like passively earning money in the background while they're adventuring. Yeah, and I got that situation um, right now it, it, with with my Cyberpunk 2020 group. Right, um, not to give too much of it. So basically, they've been hired by a, a fixer to go and. Uh, find certain people, right? So they're they're working on a bounty. However, it takes time, right? To okay, I gotta research this person. I gotta find out about this person. And, and some of the characters, of course, have that downtime of, well, I'm not really involved in this situation. Uh, how do you handle those things? And I, I I agree with you that you know Cyberpunk Red definitely gives some rules around that in Cyberpunk 2020 you had to come up with those rules and that's 
kind of what I've had to do is come up with rules of like a side job. Okay, what are you looking to do, right? So um, <clears throat> one character is a solo bounty hunter, right? So he's going off and investigating various bounties. I also have a techie who's also looking for various jobs. So I'm looking at him for kind of like, you know, quick... Uh, jobs to go and fix certain technologies uh, around you know I think his last job was he had to go and fix an elevator in an apartment building in the combat zone mm. um, yeah so yeah I mean getting a price tag on that kind of stuff is is good and with red um, I, I think the one thing I'd don't like is is the kind of role associated with it as opposed to a GM looking at the chart and being like okay this is how much this is gonna he's gonna make on this versus a very another job right and I think from a GM sure. point of view allowing you instead of well I, I suppose you can ignore the dice roll and just look at the table and be like okay, this character needs a little more funds. Let me choose this as a Yeah, anytime I see one of these charts, it's, it just, it, it, the rolling is optional. Yeah. Like it's gonna, most of the time, and most of the time I'll actually roll because it'll just be some random shit going on in the background. But if it's something that makes more sense for what is going on in the character's life at the time, sure, that's what he's gonna be doing. Yep. And, I, and like I said earlier in the episode, you know, as a GM, don't always go by raw, right? The rules as written. Go with your sure. instinct. Exactly. Um, if you feel like you need to supplement the party with a little more gear because you're playing on a big, heavy operation uh, to go and fight whatever obstacle you're looking for, uh, by all means do it. But also, when you're <clears throat> how you deal with and I, I don't know if this is a future episode of how you deal with like players ec economies right like <laughs> so yeah how, how you deal with a player's like, economy and this is something that even in my and sorry for sidetracking but in my cyberpunk 2020 group is you know one of the players called up okay once we get this people what's the fallback right or, or what's the 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 repercussions of the actions we do are we going to be viewed as uh an enemy do we need to lay low do we need to go and like you know find uh you know alternate identities because we don't want certain corporations coming after us how many enemies are we going to make you can never have too many identities <laughs> never well that costs money right and i don't think um a lot of players think about that and i don't think a lot of gms think about that right what does it mean to lay no low? i mean they're mostly coming most players are coming from a dnd viewpoint where it's just Okay, I need this now, and uh, I'm a murder hobo. <laughs> yeah, I'm a murder hobo. I don't, I don't have roots. Even if I do somehow get a house somewhere, it's not like I'm ever going to be there. But in Cyberpunk, yeah, you're going to go home every night, most likely. Um, 
and so that long-term investment it becomes a real thing that you have to take care of uh more so than in fantasy games or anything of that nature yeah so i think that kind of economy also is is yeah. not necessarily addressed in these cyberpunk red or even cyberpunk 2070 or 2020 i think in 2020 no. they kind of covered it a little in uh wild side right where you had the alternate idea identities in the escapism and even in the base book you had okay change my whole face look um it came it, it gave you that little bit of of paranoia or at least to me yeah. it did that oh i didn't even think about changing my my character's look completely different or, or I mean, you, and for... you can change your fingertips yeah. your your prints um yeah if you get paranoid enough you can become a completely different person hell get a get a get the right full conversion body and you can change yourself from one day to the next and i think that's something that cyberpunk 2020 Geminized, kind of yeah. stressed but red doesn't stress is that you have mega corporations right if you go against the corporation they're going to come hunting after you they're going to put a contract on you you know um and that comes with the fluff right is you know yes their mega corporations aren't as big as they used to be but they still have the um Adverse, not adversity. Uh, Ever, I'm trying to think of a word. Uh, adversarial. Not well, adversarial, but it's it's a specific world about. Um, I am a predator, and I'm going to come in and consume you. Uh, so basically, a, a corporation is definitely gonna, not going to leave around loose ends, right? because they don't want loose ends they don't want enemies to exist they don't want you know you know but at the same time unlike say organized crime they're only going to pursue that uh, uh, as long as it's cost effective like if you make it more expensive for a corporation to keep coming after you even if that expense is just well i'm just going to go disappear if you disappear, most corporations are just going to be like, well, he's not our problem anymore. He's not here making a problem, so we're not going to care unless he pokes <laughs> his head up, and then we'll stomp him down like a bug. And, and I agree with that. Um, uh, oftentimes, I watch like certain movies, and it's like, okay, you just wasted 30 men to go and kill this guy, and he killed 30 men. How much did that cost you? Yeah, how many more men do you think are gonna you're gonna get to sign up for that job? You know, I, I get that there is definitely a cost effective, right? Um, but again, it, it depends upon the character, right? On like how cost effective it is. If they kill yeah. a certain amount of adversaries, you send after them, they're eventually gonna be like, okay, we're gonna wait. Like right. eventually, you just leave John Wick alone. Yeah. Like you just do. Like, because nobody, none of your guys are gonna want to go fight that guy. Like, what do you mean he killed like that entire crime family single-handedly? 
You want me to go fuck with that dude? Oh. No, I don't care how many guys you're sending me with. He, he didn't care about that. No. I'm going to leave that guy alone. So, really, what you should do is stop pissing him off, because he's going to come after you eventually. Yeah. So we're about an hour and 40 minutes into this. Uh, so I think the last bit of fluff we can probably talk about is the city map. And what are your feelings on what they did with the city map? Um, it's not the 2020 map. It doesn't line up at all. Uh, which was kind of disappointing because, again, people spent years and years of their can. The Night City source book is one of the greatest source books. It's the best city source book I've ever seen outside of. Uh, there's a Bard's Gate source book. Um, I, f- I forget who put it out. Troll, uh, Frog God Games, maybe. I don't know. Some, some side company put out a supplement called Bard's Gate. That's the only thing I've ever seen that comes close to, uh, the Night City source book. Um, I love that book. Uh, and for it to suddenly be pretty much wholly useless because now the gangs that do survive into 2045 or even 2077 don't resemble the 2020 games gangs at all. Uh, the police don't really seem to be a thing at all in 2045. Um, like there's a lawman class, but it's really unclear who most of them are actually working for. Uh, yeah, I don't me- know. The map, <laughs> in comparison to night to the Night City source book, the map seems underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, um, I'm hoping that it gets its own source book. And to me, the the map kind of tried to fit into. 2077, right? Um, yeah, they're 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 trying to show a, log- a logical progression from the 2020 map to the 2077 map. Like this is kind of how that takes place and how the structure changes so dramatically. And I get that. I get that. Um, and uh, certainly, the video game gives us the city information that the tw- the Night City source book did. But again, it's not the same map as 2045, so... Yeah. 2045 just seems kind of in limbo in between. And to my view, Um, it seemed like they took it and basically they, I would say, reduced it dramatically. Um, And... I understand where they're going for, right, is to blend it into 2077. However, I think Altarsorian really needs to view 2077 as its own animal, right, versus yeah. what 2020 had. I, I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I imagine that there is at least some degree of corporate decree that's all like you need to make if you're putting out a new thing of cyberpunk the role-playing game it 
needs to call kind of fall in line with Cyberpunk the video game. I, I, I imagine that there's some level of cooperation there that you know they're trying to fit together. Yeah. Um, um, and to me, um, it it just seems like. <clears throat> by reducing it you're reducing the ability for the referee to make certain parts of the city their own right um, yeah because now you're mapping it out out completely of like here's where this is here's where that is here's where that is and you don't have that in, in night city guide you know, okay, you had probably maybe a tenth of the section of the... Yeah, Isla. the actual Night City Guide itself is a small, <sighs> tiny portion of the city. So, as a GM, it's just... I've kind of, like, and I've taken the, the and again, the whole community created that, uh, was it the Al... the Almagation... The, the my French, amalgamation map yeah, the one that i created from yes. the uh yes, yes oh the the french map yeah the french yeah. map is nice i like that and even your map he was originally like i was in contact with that guy and he was originally gonna do the redo the french map with uh like a computer program like section by section I don't know whatever happened to that i, I assume the guy just got busy with life there's uh, but it actually, never go anywhere a website um i don't know if i have it on here but there is a but website. it was his it was the french map that made me create the uh giant amalgamated map yeah uh, night city district map i use that map a lot <laughs> um because everything uh, from what it's for. city center is basically you know a combat zone and hey any character who's living in the combat zone, here's your section, right? Um, and if you've actually looked at my news on on my site, so I have a, a WSN news in which I re reference some of the districts you've created. Nice. Yeah, so go check it out. I'll have to take a closer look at that. I will do that. Um. So, I think we should. Probably... I, I like the short stories that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, I was, uh, I was to gonna say, say I like. I like the short stories that Artel Sorian puts out as in, in their supplements, the Never Fade Away and the follow-ups in Red. It just—it's weird that they're presented as adventures when it's. I've never been able to figure out exactly how one would, like, yeah. I just always thought that was weird. It was nice. It's good fiction. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So and I like the detailed character sheets. I think we're winding down with Red. Um, so I think... Yeah, I think we've about covered everything. Going to get into our final thoughts. So do you want me to go first or you want to go first? Um, I can go first. All right. My final thoughts are: Red is absolutely beautiful. Like the art is just phenomenal. 
That's not to say I didn't love uh, a lot of the art from 2020. I mean, a lot of that art is is just utterly fantastic. It holds up to this day. It will always hold up. Uh, works by Chris Hawk about especially. I mean, it's just superb. Uh, on the same token, a lot of the rules, uh, I like the updates that they've done. I like uh, a lot of like I said, the cyber psychology rules, the hustle rules. I like the housing rules. Um, there are I, there are a ridiculous amount of charts in the book. I think they could have probably cut those down a bit. Uh, a lot of the charts are really overly specific. Um, but I can see what they were trying to do, and it, it works. Um, in the end uh, I like a lot of what they did with Red uh, I would recommend it to the modern gamer um, the modern gamer this is going to sound like a gross generalization but modern trends in gaming have really moved towards a more simplified system um People like simpler rules these days. I that 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 does not that is not where my interests lie. I prefer the uh, I prefer a more complex series of rules that I can either use the rule or not. But if I need it, it's there. Um, which is why I created Interlock Unlimited. Uh, I prefer the setting of 2020, even though the year makes that kind of redundant. It it's its own thing. I like I like red. I would I would recommend it. I personally am still going to be using interlock unlimited rules because I mean I made the system. It's perfect for everything I want it to be. Um, I would I would play in somebody else's red game. Um, I'm glad I own it. Again, I recommend it, um, especially to. Yeah, I think I've said about everything I need to say. All right. So my final thoughts on Red is it's definitely a uh, sequel to 2020. Um, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of improvement to 2020. And I think through our discussion, or me and Wisdom's discussions, we talked Agreed. about our takeaways of how we would tweak the system uh, to our own uh, kind of homebrew version of it. Um, uh, Again, I I love what they've done with the roles. I've loved what they've done with the special abilities, uh, the simplicity of the combat. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, but I think overall it it's definitely speeds up the system. Uh, <clears throat> I love the life path. The net running is definitely uh, an interesting aspect. Um, I think it's complementary to what you've done with 2020. Um, 
it, and again, to me, 2020 was definitely a different animal when it comes to net running, right? So you're running the global area yeah. versus uh, red, which is very local. And I, I totally love how they took that into account that, hey, I'm running a facility. How do I deal with a facility? Love it. Um, the cyberware... Uh, I love some of the changes that I did with that. The only drawback I have with around some of the limitations of uh, some of the options you were allowed with some of the cyberware that you didn't, you had more in 2020 versus red. Um, and apologies, I'm, I'm just looking through my list of comments. Um, yeah, so overall, I, I love what they did with red it definitely brings it into the future uh it's definitely a new expansion to the system um i haven't played a lot of red i've played it at some conventions and i'm currently hopefully in a, a campaign on uh, cyberpunk uncensored uh our gm currently has some issues around his router but I look forward to continuing to play in that group. Um, but I think from a red perspective, it's it's definitely a great uh, child of 2020. Um, could use some more tweaks. Uh, the economy, I don't care for it <laughs> at all uh, because of the a, there's certain limitations to the economy and the simplicity of it, of it, especially from a person who was an economic major. Um, hmm. Again, he might get, you know, he might hear me on this, but uh, I think it, it definitely the economy. I just, oh, it's just the one thing I just can't take. <laughs> but overall, I, I think it's I mean, a great game yeah i mean in the end it's it a lot of it's not the direction i would have gone um but i i get why they went there and i i i do believe that in this in in the environment of gamer and games that we have today uh i think i think cyberpunk red is uh it was the right way to go uh yeah it's 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 a great it's a good game um it is like you said the logical progression uh, a logical progression from the 2020 timeline uh, and then, and a good midpoint between 2020 and 2077. Um, and I have enjoyed reading it. I've enjoyed talking about it. All right. So, um, next time we meet, we'll figure out some type of topic. Oh, um, go ahead. Lastly, and this is extremely important. Cyberpunk Red has the one thing that would have that 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 it's needed for that Cyberpunk as a franchise has needed since the beginning. It's got a 
fucking index. <laughs> Thank God it's got an index. Well, even the PDF, how they have that sidebar uh, in which you can kind of click on the uh, the data sections that they have in which, hey, go to page blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love yeah. that. Oh, um, yeah. Very much so. Whoever the PDF is a work of art in and of itself. Yeah, so whoever designed this document is amazing. I don't know if it was Jay Gray or uh, mm-hmm. James Hunt or mm-hmm. whoever at Artelsorian, but kudos to you guys. You are the man Indeed. for doing that. Um, I know vers- the printed version versus the PDF, um, but still, that ability to look at the little side note and see, hey, we mentioned this, it's on page blah, blah, blah. From a book point of view, skipping directly to those pages is is excellent. Um, so I, I think... They changed the lyrics. What's that? For chipping in. Did they? They changed the lyrics for chipping in. But yeah. did they change them to 2077? No longer starts with a uh, got that metal beneath my skin. I'm chipping in. Yeah, they went with the 2077 lyrics, yeah. Uh, again, I, I think that whole situation with uh, 2077 and... Um, but we can talk about that in a future episode because I was actually Indeed. in we'll a run out of- game in, I think, 2014 or 2015 with Mike in which I talked to him about the whole what was happening with uh, CDPR and of course he can he was very hush hush but he was also very excited about stuff so maybe I'll talk a little bit about I can imagine when I was uh, playing in a game with him yeah yeah so in a future episode we will talk a little about um, our gaming experiences and uh, I think just a free forum of ideas or or back and forth between you and I Um, yeah because I don't think there's too much else we can discuss (laughs) at least right now I I mean I can talk more about red but I don't think I can fill a whole another episode with it yeah so I think uh, for now we'll just uh, leave it off here with our red and then uh, future episodes which will happen in two weeks uh, so every other Tuesday, we're or sorry, every other Wednesday, Wednesday, we're going to uh, just shoot the shit, um, talk about movie, yeah. movie reviews, the game, our past experiences with Cyberpunk, um, probably some game concepts. I know one of the things we got into a debate about was uh, player agency. Maybe we'll talk about that in our next episode. Um, but yeah, that's hey, about it. Maybe if you guys want to throw down some topics you want to hear us talk about, you can, you can do that. Yeah, post them on the uh, Facebook or Discord, and uh, yeah, give us some uh, topics we'll talk about. And if you guys want our views about it, we are definitely more than willing to talk about them. So, 
Uh, I think that's going to call a wrap, man. I want to thank Cyberpunk Uncensored for hosting us. And uh, we'll see you guys in uh, two weeks. Nighty night, fellas and fellettes.